it's one thing to kind of have all these dreams in your brain, like, oh, I want to be rich, I want to be successful and popular. But if you don't have a plan for how to get there, you're depending on luck, you're depending on, you know, you, you have nothing quantifiable. So I think it's important to, to, to have your goals, to break those down into smaller goals. And, you know, there's nothing more fulfilling than Xing something off of a list. This is Paul Lamb, and you're listening to the Path of Just Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. Hello, my fellow Path Hunters. How is everyone doing today? It is I, your host, Paul Lem, and welcome back to the Path Hunters podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day today. Again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to this podcast. This is episode one, and I just am so grateful just being able to just create all these contents and just being able to reach all these listeners listening to this podcast today. You know, the Path Hunters podcast, again, is all dedicated to helping you getting over your fears, unleashing the beast from within so you can live your life with purpose and power. Passion. That's what we're all about here. And, you know, for today's episode, I have a very special guest, one of my good friends, Andrew Gunnadi, also known as Gunnarola in YouTube. He is a music producer, travel video blogger based in Canada, same as me, and he uses YouTube to leverage all his, you know, creativity and everything like that so he can travel and not work a nine-to-five job he's just straight up an awesome guy very authentic you know he's had partners and sponsors and everything with like names such as Kentucky travels microsoft kfc skittles you know with his latest thing in 2015 he was the host of the hard rocks cafe world burger tour and kellogg's hashtag crave thrills where he takes young um, canadian teens on their ultimate thrilling experience and everything like that overall he's such a great person we, i won't take too much of your time and again just bear in mind that this is the first interview and we had some technical difficulties and everything like that and i was just you can tell i was being nervous in the beginning and later on it gets better and better he gets to tell you about his journey his fears and all and you know what he had to endure and everything like that and how his life has come to be and as it is today now so again i won't take too much of your time we're gonna straight straight into this and you know listen to this awesome path hunter here so so yeah here he is guys today we have here with us gonna you know youtube star um a little under hundred thousand subscribers he's a youtube entrepreneur you know, and he is on the show, the Path Hunters podcast today. Welcome. I can't hear you. <laughs> this is, <laughs> and I guess that was a horrible intro too. But okay. that's not the point. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Weird. <laughs> I'm leaving that in anyways because you know we're gonna be as raw as we can. With raw it, and so. real. You know what? That's like at the core of what I like is authenticity. So all the mistakes exactly. and all the bloopers. <laughs> so. You know, I filled it in a little bit, Mr. Gunnarola, and how, you know, just go in and just fill in the blanks a little bit. Which blanks? Of, you know, what you do and who you are. Okay, well, uh, currently, I would describe myself as a... There are two things that I do. I make music and I travel, and um, so I create a lot of content around that. I, You know, YouTube is a big part of that. Um, just social media in general, connecting with people through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and whatever the new exciting platforms are. I haven't gotten into Periscope because I'm not very good uh, live yet, so I'll have to get some tips from you about that. But yeah, that's basically it. I'm just uh, you know traveling the world, expressing myself creatively, trying to have really cool experiences, and at the end of the day, it's about connecting with people around the world and hopefully inspiring them to make some positive changes in their lives that's honestly amazing because like you know what andrew like let's just dial back a little bit i just want to touch base you know how how gunnarola came to mm-hmm. be and you know like let's all start from the beginning like how what kind of background what what was school like for right you? um so in high school i um i mean music has been a huge part of my life forever i was taking lessons um 
since I was like four or five years old. And I uh, eventually got into teaching music. Um, through high school, I became very interested in video production. So I joined our student council and I got to the point where like, for whatever reason, they trusted us every month to make this like mini movie um, as a, like a school assembly. So every month we produced either like music videos or like film and TV parodies. And that was a really good uh, way for me to practice um, being creative, being creative on a deadline and just working with other people to, to make, you know, fun stuff. Um, I did not know what I really wanted to do like as a job when I grew up. So uh, I applied to a few different programs. They were focused on video or film studies um, and business. I was the last of my friends to find out, uh, you know, what post-secondary institution I was going to go to because uh, for whatever reason, my <laughs> acceptance came last. So I actually thought I wasn't going to go to university. I was rejected from uh, the first two programs that I applied to. Um, so uh, I continued to teach and my family, we actually um, acquired a music school in London, which is my hometown. So I just figured, okay, I guess I'm teaching now. We're going to run this school. And then... Um, I got accepted into a very prestigious um, business program and a media theory program at Western, which are in London. So kind of unexpectedly, I, I also went to school while teaching full time. And um, so my post-secondary degree is uh, it's a degree in me media and cultural studies and a diploma in television broadcasting. And through that program, I learned about YouTube because at the time, YouTube was this new platform where you could upload uh, videos and, you know, people could watch them kind of instantaneously and they could interact with them by commenting. This was new at the time. Like previously, if you wanted to share a video with anyone, you had to download software and codecs and blah, 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 blah. So this was like really effortless to just upload a video and send someone a link and they could see it. So I had uploaded some stuff that uh, I created in high school and that I was working on in college. It was just a fun thing for me and my friends and my family. But then uh, I became aware that pe other people were watching it because <laughs> at the time it wasn't like there were a million hours of video every day. There was actually not like a ton of content to consume. Mm -hmm. So uh, this guy in Australia, Johnny Pixels, I'll never forget. He watched a bunch of my videos and commented on one saying that he thought they were really funny. And so I... I became aware that, oh my gosh, like other people are watching this stuff. So I started creating uh, content with the audience in mind. And, you know, Johnny introduced me to so many am amazing Asian American artists and we kind of became a community. And um, I feel like I'm telling you my life story. This is going on and on and on forever. No, no, this is great. <laughs> this is great. No, but, uh, that's, yeah, that's amazing. No, let's, let's dial back a little bit. Um, I'm going to roll it. I just want to see... Um, a little bit like what was the reason why did you like in just uploading videos was there a reason why did you just did you know that youtube was going to be a big thing no. at that time or did you yeah no i really didn't and at the time um it was really just a quick way to sh you know to share stuff that i was working on so that my friends could see mm. it and my family could see it it really there was no such thing as or, you know, it wasn't really on my mind that, oh, I have, you know, audiences yeah. and strategy and monetization was like really way out of my scope of thinking. Um, and I think, you know, we had a few opportunities to make money or to gain popularity and we didn't really jump on them because I was very skeptical. And maybe this is because of my own, you know, training it was very critical, but I just thought it would be wrong to make money off of this stuff. Like there's no stability and there's no way that this could be lucrative. Yeah. Um, but here we are 10 years later, it was my 10th anniversary this week. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And you know, it's become a full-time career for me. So um, I did, I, I remember, I think struggling a lot with the idea of integrity and trying to make money off of your art and how much is your art worth and how much is your yeah. audience worth. And you know, I think coming from that first generation of YouTubers, that was a big adjustment for me. Uh, it was, you, I didn't want to be a sellout and I didn't want to be 
um, I didn't want to feel like I was taking advantage of my audience and I didn't want to, to not be real because I, I think a lot of people that I saw that were gaining popularity or making a lot of money, they, they kind of changed who they were. It just felt like, okay, you know, I was watching, I was watching the evolution of something, people changing yeah. into something that they weren't. So I also decided, I think early on that while well, being real and being authentic and trying to have as much integrity as possible was important to me. So, I mean, yeah. And you know what? We love you for that. <laughs> Honestly, we love you for that. I mean, Seriously. I think it's been an obstacle to growing an audience. And I'm not saying that anyone who's successful is fake. And I'm not trying to say that anyone who makes money is like doing a bad thing. Like definitely I make a ton of, no, I don't make a ton of money, but <laughs> I make uh, the majority of my income comes from my art now. And I think, uh, yeah, it's been a struggle for me to build an audience because I, I'm always, I always try to stay true to like, I'm a slave to my creativity and I, I don't like to be, to pigeon my, to pigeonhole myself into doing one thing or being known for one thing. Right. And mm. I think that is part of the, part of the requirements of building an audience is you have to be very clear about what your brand is and who you are so that people know what to expect and so that people can buy into that. Yeah. No, it's. It's it's really hard to just to try to figure because I remember even back in 2006 when YouTube recently just started I was just like very skeptical as well too I just want to touch base a little more about that mm -hmm. just to see you know what and you know you felt that you know you you were kind of skeptical about the monetization part mm -hmm. of it and like you know not it's not until probably I would say probably 2010 mm -hmm. when like monetization really came to like some people were figuring out like hey you know what I can actually live off yeah. this right and so when I just want to try to like ask you just the when think about the time when your first monetization like when you first made that deal what was that like like what was what was going through your head at that time when you first made your deal yeah day? well uh, YouTube introduced um, the partner program I think in two thousand nine two thousand ten uh, I applied for it because a ton of my friends were and originally it wasn't even necessarily to make money it was just to kind of feel like okay i'm going to get noticed and you know there were certain perks like autoplay or whatever i was rejected the first time so that seems to be a theme of my life but uh yeah i i can't remember what the reason was but i applied for this program to make you know you know to enable advertising um, and for those of those of you who don't know, like one of the one of the ways you can make money off of YouTube is through enabling advertisements. So either um, overlay advertisements or the commercials that play before a video, uh, we get a very 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 small percentage of that. So um, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden we had this option to make money from the videos, but. Even still, like it wasn't like I was getting millions and millions of views. So mm -hmm. the amount of money we were making was very insignificant. And I don't think at that point, you know, I didn't consider it part of my income. It was like, okay, if I make any money from this, I'm just going to invest it back into what I'm making. Maybe get a better camera, get a better computer or, you know, support some of the gear that, uh, you know, we were investing in to create our stuff because Mm -hmm. I, again, all I cared about was just, I want to make my stuff better. I want to be more creative. I was not thinking, okay, I'm going to grab, you know, I'm going to make thousands and thousands of dollars so that I, I can, I don't have to get a real job or I can quit my job. So yeah. even I think at the height of my popularity, which I would say was around, you know, 2011, 2012, when I had, that was your year. Yeah, it was my year. I had like, well, maybe not, maybe, maybe that's an exaggeration. 2010, 2011, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, we had had a viral video, Canadian Please, and I was, I felt like I was making, I was being a lot more consistent with my stuff. I was video blogging every day or trying to. Um, and then, you know, I got a real job. So at that moment, YouTube, I kind of just pushed it aside. I didn't have time for it. And I, I didn't feel like it was something that I had to force myself to do because it was always just a hobby. And yeah. that was kind of the moment where you know, my growth suffered because I all of a sudden disappeared for a couple of weeks or months at a time and I couldn't finish projects. And I think, you know, people moved on. The platform also was changing a lot. YouTube introduced algorithms. They, you know, they stopped curating the homepage, like a yes. human stopped curating the homepage. So all of a sudden there were a lot of uh, factors to consider when you're uploading content. You can't just put up a video today and expect people to see it you have to you know you have to 
have a promotional plan. You have to make content that mm. has a better chance of being seen. You have to collaborate, mm. and those are you know those are really important to to being seen on YouTube today. Being seen on mm. any of these platforms, like Instagram, just. Uh, introduced an algorithm um, to their app, so you're not. Oh, yeah, really? you're not going to see. Uh, you're not just going to see the photos as they are in you know in the order of time. It's there. Certain photos are always going to rise to the top. So seriously, yeah. <laughs> I don't see that. Oh well. Yeah. Well, we'll touch base with that after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes. I'm curious. To see. I, it makes sense from a business perspective, right? Like when it does. When Facebook did that. Um, all of a sudden, if you wanted your stuff to be seen, you had to pay for it, and that's how they make money. So. You know, is it is it frustrating? Yes, it's definitely frustrating as a creator because I don't want to have to invest money in making sure that people see the content when I've already had to like work to get them to like my page. But yeah. at the same time, like I get it. It's how Facebook, it's how Twitter, it's how Instagram, it's you know, it's how YouTube they're gonna make money by promoting the stuff that they think needs to be seen or promoting the stuff that people are paying to be seen. Now, touching base on that, like you said, you mentioned um, before we get into a little further in mm-hmm. this, I just want to know, like when you were, you said it was a struggle just to trying to get popular, and you know, your one hit, that one video, that one viral video, yeah. Canadian Police, and that's actually how we met. Actually, that yeah, uh, for exact memories. Um, <laughs> I, you know, for all the listeners who, um, uh, you know, will or is listening to this podcast, um, uh, this me and um, uh, Andrew here are from the same town of London, Ontario, and um, we met at the mall. <laughs> You were mad at the mall because it's funny because like I saw that video and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing stuff because like it was just amazing. And I saw you at the mall and I was like, no way, that can't be, that can't be gonna roll. It can't be gonna roll. And I was just like, I have to know if it's him or not. So I ran, I ran. I'm like, are you gonna roll a for Canadian please? And it was just, we've been Yeah, no, and time. I remember I, th- I, that was like, I think I mentioned that in the first video of Vita that I ran into you at the mall, or maybe it wasn't the first, it was one of the first ones, but I remember it being just like a weird, I thought it was really cool. Uh, I thought it was really strange because I have such a generic Asian look, but like somehow you still recognized (laughs) me. Um, And yeah, like I was saying, like 2010, 2011 was kind of when I felt the most, um, I felt popular (laughs) because I was, you know, getting spotted out um, wherever I was. I mean, it still happens today, but it was so new at the time. And I was really regular with my content and I, I, I could put something up and I could, I could, um, I could make a good estimate of how many people were going to see it today. If I upload a video, I have no clue. Are people going to see it? Is it going to be a thousand people? Is it going to be 10,000 people? Is it going to be viral? I have no clue. So, um, yeah, 20, definitely at that time, the expectation i i could manage the expectations because um i was i was regular i was consistent and um it was still very new but yeah, yeah. definitely um like you're saying with the the struggling i think i started to struggle when i made the decision to leave my full-time job um you know, I I worked um at a really which is what by the way what were you what were you doing at that I was time? a so I uh, I got a job in Toronto working for the Toronto International Film Festival. I was their senior video producer there. So um, when I was hired, I was the only person in that position. That position had not existed before. So I was I was doing a lot of different stuff. I was cutting trailers, you know, shooting interviews, um, helping out with with uh, art gallery exhibitions, taking care of like sponsorship requests. And then, um, you know, when you're new, when you're young and you're new to a job, you're trying really hard to impress people impress, yeah, the, boss, impress right? the boss and like you set the bar really high for yourself but you also set the mm-hmm. bar really high for the organization so they um i think you know they were impressed with what i did i worked really hard and uh eventually that role grew and grew and um it was all really exciting challenges but i think at the same time i was trying to do my music and my videos on the side and i just felt like okay i'm I'm spending so much time at this job. All I want to do right now is like work on my hobby. And now I can see that, okay, people are making money off of their art, off of their hobbies. Why can't that be me? So, um, during, I took two weeks vacation to tour 
uh, North America. So we drove across Canada down to Los Angeles, and I performed. I yeah, that. I performed in. I performed on tour with with my best friend yeah. at that time, Andrew, and it was that was the first time I had ever done anything like that. Where uh, I love Canada, and I love you know that road trip experience so we got to see so much of canada we got to interact with so many viewers and perform these songs live and i just felt like this is the life that i want to have i just want to travel and i want to meet cool people and i want to just focus on my art so i left my job but you know <laughs> i didn't realize that well making better content doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be more successful yeah, I definitely think the quality of my videos went up because I was able to spend more time on them. But at the same time, I was so lost and so <laughs> frustrated because I wasn't getting the results that I expected. Yeah. Um, and that was like a really rude awakening for me, I think, mm -hmm. realizing that, well, it's not just about creating more time for you to make better stuff. This is at the end of the day, like you need to know how to market yourself. So you yeah. need to know how to define what you do. You need to stick mm. probably to one or two things. I was like trying to do everything possible. Um, and you need to be consistent. You need to be, you know, you need to, to carry, to follow through on the promises that you make publicly. And yeah. you need to, to keep up that, you know, content, you need to churn it out. So I, I became very frustrated. I became very depressed. Um, I, if I didn't feel like putting something out there, or I didn't feel like it was good enough. I just didn't do it. And that, um, that also affected my ranking on the website. Like mm. the algorithm is going to favor a channel that is posting regularly, that is getting regular views that, you know, is whatever combination of factors. And I think I just, I ended up screwing a lot of stuff up for myself, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I can't be mad about it because I had so many experiences that I never would have been able to have if I had stayed in my job. I ended up touring Australia and New Zealand. I ended up going to China and traveling through Asia. And then, uh, you know, I think the the next phase of my career started when I, I got to go to Thailand with Kentiki. Uh, I went on a, a press trip and I, um, I, I realized that actually, you know, what, I really love to travel. So yeah. from there, you know, I went to Japan and Korea and then I've been throughout Europe and we toured again. And, yeah. You know, travel has become such a big part of the content that I make now. Now, let's, let's dial back a little bit, just a little bit further. When you were just working, just some, I want you to try to imagine, um, I, and that's very, um, I just I want to touch base on that one so, so much because I'm curious now. <laughs> You're making me curious. Um, on, so um, I want to know at that time when you were still working at your job and, you know, you were just, you know, doing both at the same time, juggling between, you know, your work and, you know, your YouTube channel and everything like that. What was going through your mind? Like, did you already have a plan, you know, set in motion just to, or did you already know that, you know, we're just going to no. create nothing but videos and <laughs> going to make money and make and just travel and just, and no, you knew at that moment no. or was you it? Know just, what? You know what? And that would be my number one advice for anyone. It's like, if you want to quit your job, make sure you have a plan. Because I, I had been stewing, like, so we went on this two-week tour and I came back and I had a completely different outlook on my life and what was possible. And I was obviously very inspired by Andrew. Like, he, he had never really worked, like, a real full-time job like I had. He had always just kind of been an artist. Um and I think I romanticize that a bit. Like I, I, you only see like the shiny, sparkly, amazing parts of people's lives. You don't really see the struggle or they don't, you know, even if you do, you don't understand what it feels like until you have to go through it. Yeah. So it had been in the back of my mind, like, oh, I could have like a much more fulfilled life if I just quit my job. But I, I knew I was rational enough to not like up and quit. And then as it so happened, um, you often quit. Well, I often quit because, uh, I was exhausted. We, you know, we, the Toronto international film festival happened. Mm -hmm. And at the time, like there were just so many stressful things happening. And I was going in to work at like 9am and leaving at 5am and we were under resourced. And, you know, I, Tiff was aware that I was exhausted. I, you know, I had a few meetings with HR. They didn't want to give me, the time off to kind of do my own thing. And so um, rumors started circulating at work that, oh, Andrew's going to quit, which, you know, 
not to like try to toot my own horn, but it's a, it's a big deal when like someone who has such an important role is going to leave an organization. Mm-hmm. So on a Friday at like four thirty or something like that, my boss uh, came to me and she was like, so we heard you're going to quit. Like, what's the deal? Like what's happening? Cause they, they made it clear that they had a, you know, they wanted to, to make my job better for me. But at the time I just, I was so exhausted. I couldn't think. And I thought if I don't, do, if I don't quit now, then I'm going to think about this over the weekend and then I'm going to do it on Monday anyway. So she asked me on Friday, like Friday at 4.30, <laughs> we went into a boardroom. She's like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm, I've decided to leave. I'm going to go. <laughs> so yes. I quit. Yes. Well, I was just like, I, I quit in the middle of a pay period. I quit without taking all of my sick and vacation days. Like there, I lost, I ended up, I could have, I could have been a lot more strategic about it, but I just, I had to follow my heart at that time. And it was, it was telling me like, you need to get out of here. So, um, yeah. And actually, sorry, leading up to that, I remember having a conversation with Andrew about, you know, if I should quit my job or whatever. And I think I told him I had, I think I had just told him, what, what would you say if I told you I quit? And he told me like, I'd be really happy for you. And I think I just needed someone to tell me it's okay if you quit. So not to blame it on him, but definitely having that support help. Um, no, for sure. And no one, you know what, like, it's good. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that, you know, like all this, because I remember we, I had a chat with you a little bit after when you quit as well too. And it was just that there was a lot of things going through your mind at that time as well. You know, you didn't know what you're going to do, you know, what, you know, uh, you know, what, what should you do? You know, like, should I stay in the city? Should I go back home kind of deal? It wasn't easy for no, you. No, it wasn't. And, didn't see that. and you know what? The the months after I I quit the job were really hard. I I um, took on contract work, so I was able to you know I had some income. But because I was traveling and because all of a sudden like I wasn't making as much money as I used to, um, I ended up moving around like six nine times that year like to different <laughs> sublets you know this like i slept in my car yes. at one point because um i got locked out of my sublet like it was it was rough sorry just give me one second my computer shut yeah yeah uh, it time. was a rough time and you know obviously it's not there are worse things that happen in the world but for me it was i think i up until that point i had always had a sense of purpose in my life like i always had a job or i always had school or i always had some kind of responsibilities that yeah. in a way held me back from following my dreams like i had never asked myself like what makes you happy what do you want to do with your life like i always just kind of knew i had to do what i had to do whether it was running a school or going you know you know getting my degree or whatever you have responsibilities in place you can't just like run into the wind and like be an artist like that was never in my <laughs> mind to do that um but you know here we are 4 years later it's been 4 years since i quit and yeah. things have been good it's definitely still it's a struggle every day but that's just yeah. life right no definitely no for sure and uh, you know again like it just goes back to saying like you know eventually it did pan out for you now going a little bit forward with this you did mention something in the second phase in your youtube career where you finally hit a kentucky yeah. somewhere about thailand yeah. so they were putting together a, a trip for bloggers and video creators and um <clears throat> one of my friends shauna nanalu had uh, passed along my name so uh i was lucky enough that kentucky saw some potential there they brought me on this trip i remember at the time thinking okay like this, you know, the only reason why I'm here is because um, people believed in me. So I'm definitely going to make an effort to impress them somehow. So the, the, the tour days were pretty packed. Like we were doing a bunch of stuff during the day, but then I was running back to my hotel and I was dumping the footage and I was cutting videos like every night. So I made sure that while we were on the trip, I was also producing stuff on the trip so that they could see like, okay, this guy knows how to enjoy the trip and experience the trip, but he also knows how to like tell a story out of it and he's a good worker. So, you know, I would like to think that part of the reason why they wanted to keep working with me after that was because like I I understand their brand. I understand how to have fun on a trip and how to how to have a really good experience out of it but i also know how to be responsible and get work done and just be a really good ambassador for the brand so i you know i something definitely clicked between me and kentucky um i've only had really good experiences with them and you know their team has been nothing but amazing um so i'm really happy to keep working with them 
But at the same time, I will say, like any travel, especially when you depend on it for your income, is work. A lot of people see what we do and they think, oh, you know, like I wish I could travel as much as you and like it must be so fun. It must be a vacation. And definitely it's fun. But there have been many times when I like the only thing I get to see is my laptop screen in my hotel room because I can't leave because I have to edit or because I have to work. So, uh, you know, it's still work, but it's it's on the scale of like boring to fun. It's fun. (laughs) But definitely, you know, you have to you have to. I got that opportunity because of a good connection and I kept the opportunity because I kept hustling. So. And 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 you love that word that you use, Andrew. Uh, it's the hustling, yeah. raise right? the fact that you're gonna market yourself and you're gonna get out there and just at least put out some content, right? That was the key thing that you said. And so rolling a little bit forward now, uh, how's everything today? Like you know, 2012, 2000, uh, between 2010, 2012, you know, there was a little stumbling there, and and then so how are you doing today and now like, from that <laughs> point forward? Like how. Tell us a little bit now. I'm a little more realistic now and uh, definitely I feel like I'm learning and I hope that my content is evolving. I think in terms of the quality of my work, it's only getting better and I'm constantly trying to force myself to find new ways to be creative and I'm still, you know, my music is getting better and um, I'm just a lot more... I think I'm trying to chill out <laughs> and just We're trust just... that things are going to come together as long as you put in the work. So, um, yeah. The music is good, by the Thank way. You. So, you know, it's something that I want to use in my podcast right yeah, now, actually. Definitely. So it's going to be fun. I so. appreciate it. I appreciate the support. And, um, yeah, I think last year was a really good year for me. I finally figured out how to do it on my own. I figured out how to do it in a way that was still fun and authentic for me. I worked with a lot of different brands, which means that um, I had a lot of opportunities to uh, make money from what I was doing. Um, And luckily, the brands that I worked with, they were all wonderful and they totally understood um, what it is that I do. Because some days I don't even know what I do. <laughs> like, you know, like, am I a food blogger? Am I a travel producer? Am I a musician? Am I YouTube entrepreneur? Well, I guess so. Yeah, I'm just like a YouTube entrepreneur. I'm trying to do different <laughs> things. Coming into this year, it was a little rough because, um, you know, all of a sudden I didn't have all these stable projects to work on. Um, and I'm thinking ahead, like, okay, what do I do if nothing happens this year? What if I don't get any sponsored projects and what if I don't release any music like what am I going to do so I'm I'm trying to think ahead I'm definitely having a lot of fun um, but you know I'm, I'm trying to find ways to stabilize what I do and so you know does that mean okay I have to get more popular does that mean I have to start making one type of video does that mean I have to go work for a company again I don't know I don't have that answer yet but I'm trying not to freak out about it. So, um, yeah, in the meantime, you know, if you don't know what to do and if there is no opportunity there, it's important to just do something and to create an opportunity for yourself. So I'm doing that by working on more music and I'm, you know, trying to upload videos every week. I'm toying with the idea of, well, should I start uploading on a schedule because everyone's doing that now. It's like, mm-hmm. I talked about being consistent. Now you have to be like specifically consistent. I'm going to upload a yeah. video every Monday at nine. I'm going to upload a video, you know, every Friday at 10 or whatever you're going to do. It's hard for me to think that way because I don't always make the same type of thing. And a lot of my stuff depends on being creative and I just have a hard time forcing creativity. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out a way that I can be consistent, but still be excited about it. <laughs> And, and that's okay. You know, you have to understand that that's okay because like everything is a learning curve and you have to learn to adapt along Absolutely. the way, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And the fact is like, you know, I'm curious to know that, you know, and you would definitely would know this though. So let's touch back a little bit more on your channel then. Like exactly, you know, I kind of tossed it out a little earlier that, you know, you had, you had a little, what, what's the exact subscribers you have now? Uh, I think I just hit 80, I passed 82,000. Yes. Yeah. I want to give a virtual like, high five for <laughs> high that. Five. That's. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and so like it's and you know your channel's obviously going to roll up. By the way, in case of everybody, you know, was going to take a look at that. Um, you know, so 
making money on YouTube. Let's touch base on that one. I just what how how do you do it? That's, that's how do you do well, it? Well, one of the yeah. ways, as I mentioned, was you know if you're a YouTube partner, you can enable advertising on your channel. And like I said, it's a very small. What people don't realize is that's it's a, that's such a small portion, a small source of revenue if you're not getting hundreds of thousands of millions of hits, right? Like we get mm. fractions of a cent every time a thousand people see an ad. So that's one way. And I think it's definitely uh, a good way if you have videos that are consistently getting a lot of views. Um, another way to do it that I like is through sponsored content. So you know, brands might approach us to host a series for them or to create content for them. Um, some examples of the stuff I've done in the past, I worked with Kellogg's on a cereal brand. Every month we got to take a Canadian teenager out on their ultimate thrill. So we walked around the CN that. Tower, yeah, we went whitewater yes. rafting, we went ghost hunting, we went race car driving, we did all this cool stuff, and it didn't feel like an in-your-face commercial, which I loved. I, Can we still find all this on your channel? Uh, yeah, some of this content, I mean, I think it's on, yeah, that, those videos are on their channel. Uh, on my channel, you'll find some other examples as well. But, I, you know, I've traveled with brands, um, I worked with Hard Rock Cafe last year, we did the World Burger Tour, so we got to travel to different cities and just eat. That was a dream job. And um, yeah, so you can, you can make money through partnering with brands. Another option that's really popular now is crowdfunding. Um, it's getting viewers to support um, the content you're going to make. So Patreon is a really popular one. Uh, yeah, I use, yeah, that. I use that for my music production. So every time I produce a song, um, I'll get, I'll get a certain amount of money that people have pledged to donate towards that. Um, and if you have a larger campaign, you know, Kickstarter and, and Indiegogo are really great ways to raise money for, for passion projects. That's honestly very insightful, honestly, like, because like for someone like me, you know, who recently just like, you know, we've talked about this for years and me trying to get onto YouTube, but like I kept, you know, thinking to myself that, you know, this is such a, a filled market on YouTube yeah. nowadays, right? And out of, you know, out of, from, from just hearing it from you, Andrew, that I want to know, like, if someone were to like me, like have no content, no whatsoever, no no channel yet, you know, everything. How do we start? Like, I, you know, I think all my yeah. audience would probably well, eventually want to know that. I think, you know, at the core of any, any of these channels, no matter what you think of them, you definitely have to have, there has to be something there. Like there has to be talent or there has to be a good idea or there has to be really good marketing. So I would say, you know, figure out what it is that you want your channel to be. Is it going to be mm -hmm. based around you as a personality? Is it going to be based around a specific talent that you have? Maybe it's cooking, maybe it's motivational speaking, maybe it's beauty, maybe it's art, music. I think those, those are the types of channels that do well. It's either personality driven or like people can get something out of it. You need to ask how, you know, what is my viewer getting out of this? Am I brightening mm -hmm. their day? Am I teaching them a skill? Um, and then you have to be consistent. And you don't necessarily have to have the best camera and you don't necessarily have to have a crew and lighting and all that stuff. You just have to be driven enough to, you know, post every week or every couple of days or whatever it is. From there, there are a lot of strategies to grow your channel. Either you collaborate with people um, who are doing something similar to you or, you know, who have an in, who have an audience or, you know, you partner with a brand or a network and they kind of help you grow or mm -hmm. you find a way to brand yourself so that it's really clear what you are, what you do and what I can get out of it from you. And that's something that I ask myself all the time now. It's like, what are the people who watch my stuff? What are they getting out of watching this stuff? Mm -hmm. And if I can't answer that question, then I don't make the thing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. like, you know, like it's really, that's, that's the number one. That's the first question that I ask myself. Mm -hmm. Granted, there's an audience out there for anything. Like there's some weird stuff on the internet and there's some people watching that weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think if you want to have a big audience, then you really need to think like, what, what do the majority of people want to see? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's, it's funny you say that because like, you know, I think more and more about it. It's not you know, for some people, they go into YouTube for the wrong reason, right? They go into it for the monetization. They're all in it for the money. But it's just, it's clear, it's obviously to clear, it's obviously clear to know that it's all about the content. It's all yeah. about what well, value you, know, you bring I will to your say, audience. If your goal is to make money, that's not a bad thing, but you're, mm -hmm. it's going to be a little bit of a 
a trickier time, right? You're going to mm-hmm. really have to study the rules and you're going to have to, you know, be topical. That's another way of like getting attention that I forgot to mention. It's following trends. If there's like a big news story or there's something, you know, you want to jump on that. But I think it's not a bad thing if you want to make money, but you have to know that that's a goal of yours. Yeah. You have to explicitly say, this is, you know, I want to make money from this and here's how I'm going to do it. I, it's hard. Like some of it is also just luck and good timing, right? I think if mm-hmm. it were really easy to make money off of YouTube, then everyone would be making tons of money off of YouTube. If there was one mm. formula, I don't think that there's one way that's going to work for everyone. And like I said, at the end of the day, there still has to be some kind of talent or personality or something likable in there, some kind of X factor that not everyone has or has developed yet. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason and you know, we see a lot of these stars and I think traditional media and people who are a little older like to look down on what they do and like it's like, oh, I don't get YouTube, I don't get why this person's popular. But a lot of the time it's because they worked really hard, right? Yeah. Um you don't necessarily get to see that. But one of the hardest working people that I know who's doing this is Superwoman. Like Lily and I uh, traveled to Thailand together on that Kentucky trip. And, you know, I've been following her career since then and we've kept in touch. I see how hard she's working and uh, she has earned every bit of her success and she made it happen. So, you know, you have to be willing to kind of do the work and uh, even if you don't feel like doing the work, you got to do the work. It's a job. It's a job. <laughs> it is. And no, it is a job, right? Because like you, it's all because you're on your own kind of deal, right? So you are you're dependent on this now. So it's yeah, for sure. No, I, and agree I, with I mean, I'm bad at that, right? Like I'm st- I still have days like if I'm tired and I don't feel like making something, I don't. And so like, but that's OK, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's definitely important to to. Yeah care for yourself and you know your mental health is very important so speaking of mental health let's um uh, let's <laughs> let's 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 drive that over to that direction yeah. you know i want to i want to know you know on a daily routine andrew do you have something that you have to do on a daily basis that you can't miss everybody you know everyone you know i hear and i talk to they always have some daily routine those like successful people they always talk about hey i get up in the morning i do i meditate or i drink a bottle of water or something weird like something something that they must do do you have something like that um no (laughs) maybe i should (laughs) i think the only constant in my life anymore is traveling uh you know something that I feel like I always have to do or that helps me kind of clear my mind is just getting away. So, you know, some might look at that as like I'm constantly escaping my problems and I think there probably is some truth to that. But, um, no, you know what? To help me stay on track, though, I like to make a lot of lists and I like to, to put my goals down on paper. And I like to share those goals with my audience. Even if I don't always meet them, um, you know, it's, I think it's, you're more likely to accomplish these things if you if you can put them down where you can see them or you can hold yourself accountable to them. You know, it's one thing to kind of have all these dreams in your brain, like, oh, I want to be rich, I want to be successful and popular. But if you don't have a plan for how to get there, you're depending on luck, you're depending on, you know, you, you have nothing quantifiable. So I think it's important to 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 have your goals to break those down into smaller goals and you know there's nothing more fulfilling than xing something off of a list <laughs> you know like checking it off like i did this and so a lot of the times i fall into the trap of like oh i did nothing today and i'm doing nothing with this year and i'm doing nothing with my life <laughs> but i think it's important to to look back on that list and say oh you know what actually i did this and i did that and you know it wasn't as intimidating as i thought it's good to break it down into steps a friend mm-hmm. of mine actually once told me and I don't know, I tried to do this, but it was a little weird. He said, you should write your obituary. <laughs> like, when you die, what do you want your obituary to say? And I think for him, it was a great way to kind of see all the things that he wanted to accomplish and be known for and yeah. to feel the urgency. The most creative people that I know are so aware of the fact that they're going to die one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, they're like, you know, they live life... like 
we live like Andrew and I used to say this like we live life like we're dying because you're so aware of your impending mortality that you don't want to waste any time. And I don't know if that's necessarily healthy either, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's whatever works for you, right? So you know what, and and it's beautiful that way because like you know what, you're living, you realize that you know your life. Eventually, everyone has to go through this. Everyone has to die, right? So they they will live. You know, it's like you're living life to your fullest. Yeah, and That's you know what? what that is. Kentucky has uh, a saying in one of their brochures. It's like uh, there are two times in your life, now and too late. And I think you know that's very true. I I'd prefer to think of it, you know, that I want to just make the most of the moment. And so much of my content, my travel content, my music content, my video blogs, they just come together in the moment. Like I don't, I actually don't do a ton of planning. And I actually find that the more planning I do, the higher the expectations are and the worse you know, the, the album or the video performs. But uh, that's kind of why I adopted a hashtag, uh, hashtag made in the moment, was I, thought, I felt like that really represents what I do and my philosophy on life. It's just I'm very much you know, in the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't plan. And uh, I'm trying not to dwell too much on the past. I'm trying to just appreciate today. Yeah, and you know what? That really resonates a lot with me, Andrew, because like, you know, up until recent years, I just realized, you know, um, we've already talked about this, but, you know, for everybody to know that I'm going to South Korea on the 29th. Mm. And I only booked this flight spontaneously because I thought, you know what, we is either now or never kind of deal, yeah. right? Same thing with New Kentucky and everything. And I really resonate a lot. And it just, uh, I, I totally get you on that one. No, for real. So. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you're always good. like, we need to realize like money is infinite or it can be infinite. And I know, I know that sounds like a very privileged thing for me to say because some people have real financial struggles and I totally understand that. But you know, for, for most people our age, there's always a way for you to make money. You might not make money doing what you love, but as long as you have skills, as long as you know people, as long as the internet exists and you have access to it, like there will be ways for you to make money. The only currency that we have that we can't get back is time Um, and it's slipping away and it's killing us. So (laughs) I just, I don't know to, to drop a couple hundred thousand, whatever on a flight to me is it's always worth it. I've never been on a trip that I regretted taking. There have been hard times definitely, but I never, I never go, Oh my gosh, like that was a waste of 1500 bucks, you know, a hundred thousand. Hey, wow. What, what's that? What what about a hundred thousand? No, no, hundred thousand. You just said you don't, you know, you um, uh, you don't regret spending hundred thousand oh, no, no, no. so on a trip. A, a couple hundred or a thousand. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. No, no, no. I don't think I've ever had a hundred thousand dollars in my life. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and flights, flying is actually more affordable now than ever. And if you follow the right um, websites and you work with the right people, you can get good deals on flights. So it's just it's more about finding the, the time, right? I should talk to you with that one. Yeah, nextdeparture.ca. So, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I will. I will check that yeah. out. Actually, I will. No, seriously. Um, so, what has like you know what is the most memorable place that you traveled to the point where you just imagine this? Just imagine where you're just standing at that moment. I don't know if you had this moment, but you know I can only imagine the moment where you stood somewhere in some other country and just realize that, hey, you know what? This is the moment and this is where I realize that this is me. This is what I do. I am going to roll it and I... Do you ever, have you had a moment like that? Yeah, do you know definitely. what I mean? definitely. And I, you know, I'm not just saying this, but every trip I take, there's some kind of moment where I think I realize how lucky I am to be doing what I'm doing and, or, you know, the fact that I'm somewhere in the world that I've never been like, was there one place that like stuck up particularly? No, I mean like every trip we take in Thailand, I remember being uh, at one of the temples and, um, you know, just being out in the open air and thinking, my God, like this is so peaceful. I'm so lucky to be here. I remember being in Egypt, like constantly being like, I'm in Egypt. Like what? Um, (laughs) wish I was, yeah, we went through Eastern Europe and, uh, going to Auschwitz as like sad as that was I just I felt really lucky to you know be alive but also to be able to see the the like depth of human suffering and realize how lucky we are today and you know hopefully we won't ever go back to a point like that um you know being home uh, in Asia and seeing family there and just uh, yeah I I mean anywhere I go I think 
you have a moment where everything comes into perspective and anything that you were worrying about or, you know, stressing out about kind of becomes irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And you just think, wow, the world is a huge place. And sometimes, you know, if I travel alone, I think like, wow, I'm here alone. Like, this is not scary. And I'm, you surprise yourself with what you're able to do when you travel alone. Completely. You're more you, at peace though, right? Yeah, definitely. Like you don't have, you know, to, to balance everyone else's emotions and expectations and you don't have to, you're not not necessarily like in a rush or, you know, connected. You could just appreciate the moment. So I try to, I try to have a moment like that anywhere I go. Um, you know, whether it's Calgary in the Rocky mountains or it's out in Egypt. Saw photos. Yeah. Wherever. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love Calgary. I'm going to head up there uh, next week, but, um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I can name one place because I feel like it's happened everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. You know, it's something that you know you you you're like addicted to it. Then from what yeah, it sounds it's like. a sickness. You're... It's like yeah. <laughs> I can't stay still for more than a week now. It's like when's my next flight? Where am I going? Telling me, yeah. trying to text you. Is yeah, definitely. Well, and, you know, I'm worried about the long yeah, long distance <laughs> flight too. Because like I have a friend, he doesn't ask me where or how I am. He asks me where I am. <laughs> like it's not like, how are you. It's like where are you? But yeah, I will say. Uh, it, it that, that does make it a little bit harder too to maintain relationships and to maintain friendships even and uh, that's one of the aspects that I wish everyone could travel with me or you know mm-hmm. I wish I wasn't so dependent on people sometimes because I you know I get lonely and I I miss my friends and you know when I come home I I don't I ne- I miss Toronto the most when I arrive in the airport and I say oh my god like Pearson is amazing I love Toronto and then you try to drive around in Toronto it's like no I don't miss this at all um, <laughs> but uh, that's what happened last week yeah exactly I got it I was like oh get me out of here get me out of here but you know it's all things considered. I'm very lucky. I work very hard and uh, I love doing this. I love that my life is like this right now. Who knows what will happen in a couple of years, but I'm just really trying to appreciate everything for what it is right now. That, you know, that's, that's just amazing. Honestly, like I just, I'm, re- I'm just thinking, wow, this is, re- I'm sorry. I'm just like resonating with this right now. <laughs> and then like, it's just because, yeah, no, I do actually. No, I'm no, just kidding. It's just funny because, like, you know, our whole conversation, we're almost, like, up and down an hour already. And, you know, I'm going to ask you just a bunch of really quick questions. Just wrap this yeah. up, if you don't. But, you know, who do you who do you admire? Like, who do you admire? Who who inspires you? Um, I mean, there I think there are two answers to that question. Definitely my parents. Uh, the fact that they came to an, another country and they managed to somehow survive here on very challenging conditions and with uh, somewhat challenging Children, um, you know, the fact, yeah, the fact that they could still provide a really, really good life for us um, and that they, you know, they worked hard. My mom especially worked very, very hard and that they're still working really hard. I think that's, uh, I, you know, I, I think about I hate waking up early and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, they made it happen. So I really shouldn't complain about that. And then the second answer to that would just be, you know, the people that watch my stuff the people that comment on my stuff and they spend time making art or like writing these really long heartfelt letters or sending me messages like th- those people are the reason why I keep why I'm still trying to do this you know like I I'm past the point now where like I want to share details of my life and I want to jump around in my bedroom making music videos like I'm <laughs> like I've had that moment like now yeah. I really I'm I'm making all this stuff because I appreciate the people that support me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be able to do this if, if I didn't have people buying my albums and watching my videos and telling their friends about, about the stuff that I make. So I really appreciate that. And I, I'm, I'm indebted to those people. You know, I, I really, I really do feel with you in that one too, as well. Cause like, you know, coming from a family, you know, your parents are the only one that, you know, coming from immigrant family, it wasn't easy. Right. So I really do get you on that yeah. one. Really do. Well, just sorry, go, to go back to my parents again, like they're not, they're not doctors, they're not mm-hmm. like rich business mm-hmm. people, like um, our families aren't rich. So they came to Canada because they wanted to have a better life for their children, you know? So I think about that, I'm, now that I'm getting older too, I think about it a lot more. The sacrifices yeah. that, uh, you know, our, our parents and, you know, immigrant families have to make 
to just like have a better future for their kids. And you know, that's, that's, that's so, that's honestly touching because like, you know, I really, uh, I'm there. I'm with you on that one. Andrew. Yeah. Seriously, we could, I, I'd go run over and give you a So honestly, well, yeah, and it's, I it's something that I definitely want to start exploring mm. a little bit more on my uh, in the content that I make. You know, there are yeah. just so many stories and so many things that I want to do. But anyway, mm-hmm. and so you know, the thing is, like you know, this this my you know, you are my episode one, and you know, and thank you by the way, thank you for having me. You know, um, and the the podcast is called the Path Hunters Podcast, and when you hear the word Path Hunters, what 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 what's the first thought that comes to your mind uh, when you hear Paul? This word, <laughs> I don't know. I think you know, path hunters to me. That's those are people that are kind of driven and aggressively pursuing their their own paths. And I have a, I, one of my friends actually um, told me this last year. We were talking about the ideas of success and entrepreneurship, and it sounds really simple, but she said everyone has their own path, and that really stuck with me. I don't know why, but uh, it kind of helps me to visualize like, okay, it is true. Like no two people are ne- are going to have like the same path to success and to happiness. Like for some people, it's going to be a really long road. For some people, they're going to have privileges and, and advantages. And, and, you know, everyone is going to have some kind of struggle that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think life is a journey it's about you know following a path and are you gonna make your own path are you gonna find a shortcut are you gonna run down that path are you gonna walk what are you gonna do so yeah i guess when i think of path unders i just think about um all the different ways that you can kind of carve that path for yourself through life yes <laughs> love it yeah. i love it just one last question, and then I always um, before we get into that one, you know, I, you know, I want to take the time just to tell you that you know, I appreciate you, Andrew, for just getting out there and just doing your own thing, and just you know, creating content and setting an example for everybody to follow along with. You know, you may not think it, but you know, you are an example. Thank you. You are. No, you know, I mean, seriously. I, I, whether I'm a good example or a bad example, like I guess at least I'm and, an example. No, it's a definitely a good example. They're definitely a good example. You know, because you set the bar and you are a truly an entrepreneur because you're living a life where you're, you know, you're living your life that's that's on your terms. Yeah. That's basically it, right? And I appreciate you for that. And we appreciate you for yeah. that, right? So, And so one final question yes. to wrap this all up. What is your definition of success? <laughs> well, you know, just going back, going back to all the struggles that we talked about that I had trying to figure out my brand and my strategy for content. Like one thing I realized is success is going to be whatever you make of it. So you definitely have to have your own definition of success you can't it's it's going to be very hard for you to try to live by someone else's version of success or definition of success so for me i think success is am i able to wake up every day and you know be excited about something am i making enough money to survive am i making stuff that is having a positive impact on the world and i think right now i can definitely check off those three boxes um, I remember just the other day I woke up on like a Monday at whatever time it was. And I thought, wow, like I'm so lucky to just wake up. And if I want to do a ton of stuff today, I can. And if I don't, I don't have to, but I'm not one of those people that has a day job and has to like dread Monday morning. Like I remember <laughs> when I used to work a real job, I would dread Monday mornings, right? Cause you just come back from the weekend. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like I really liked working for TIFF and it was a great organization and it was very creatively challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, it just wasn't for me. I might go back to a real job one day and then I'll still be able to consider myself successful because, you know, if stability is what I need and working around people, I miss working around people. I miss working in an office. That's one thing that I get really envious of when I see my friends who stayed in their jobs. They get to interact with people every day. Some days, mm-hmm. like, I don't see anyone. <laughs> and that's sad. Um, so, yeah, I think for su- success for me is just you need to be able to define it. And for me, definition is just am i happy am i making enough to to survive and am i making stuff that's good and having a positive impact on the world just beautiful yeah 
Honestly, thank, thank you, you so much. And, you know, thank you for being on you know, on the show and everything like that and being episode one. And you know what? We'll hope, hopefully we'll see you on here again. Soon. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to come back. <laughs> All right. Take care, Andrew. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast. You can always find me at pathhunters.com. Stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today.